Hey everyone's gay listeners, this is Brian Russell Smith. For those of you who don't know, in addition to co-hosting the Everyone's Gay podcast, I also co-host the Betches Sub podcast, which mostly covers news and politics. Last week, I interviewed Wyatt Harms from the activist group Voices For and Losha Gorshkov, co-president of Rusa LGBT. We talked about the oppression, torture, and killings of queer people in Chechnya. We also talked about why the UN is so slow to respond to the violence currently happening there. Then, Losha described his personal experience of growing up gay in Russia and the violence and harassment that made him come to the United States. So, yeah, that's it. Enjoy the bonus episode. The program we are about to present is a report on the gay liberation movement. Betches Media presents... Gay. 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 Gay and lesbian. Homosexuals come together. Twyla. 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 Everyone's gay. Bless God and bless the gays. Hi, guys. We're back. Um, So I'm here with Wyatt Harms, an activist with Voices For, and Losha Gorshkov, uh, co-president of Rusa LGBT. That's right, right? Oh, yeah. That's correct. Yes. All right. Cool. So basically, <sighs> Chechnya has been back in the news again. Um. They haven't really, I guess they never really stopped what was going on. But if you could explain to me what you guys are trying to do and what is, what is the situation in Chechnya? Okay, so the situation right now that uh, back to December, they round up about 40 people as reported. And allegedly, to, allegedly two of them died, but we've been communicating I personally with some people from Chechnya and from uh, different groups associated mm-hmm. with the rescue operation. And today, for example, I got new... Exp- um, very horrific um, description how people got detained in a rehab center and how they were kept there with electric shock torture and whatever. So uh, there are a lot of misunderstanding, but it's genocide of queer people. Yeah. So the government just kills, tortures, and humiliates and mutilates and it, people who queer. Yeah, and it's the government doing this. It's, it's not, the, gov- it's the yeah. Chechen government, the police, the uh, Ministry of the Internal Affairs, the uh, people who associate with some kind of medical professions. Mm-hmm. So it's not random uh, right-wing activists or yeah. whatever groups. It's the government crackdown because Chechnya is now has become very religious region with one of the king who proclaimed mm-hmm. himself King Ramzan Kadir, who is the head, mm-hmm. and he believes that uh, queer people uh, do not have to exist in Chechnya. Well, didn't he say when he was asked about this, like, like well, we don't have this problem because there's yeah. no gay people, so that's not possible. At first he said that. Uh, after that he said, even though we have them, uh, they're not so visible. After that he changed his rhetoric a uh-huh. little bit. So he, he, he acknowledged. Like, yeah. Of course, he acknowledged they existed, but what he was saying along the way that uh, we have the tradition back here. It's honoring killing. It's mm-hmm. the responsibility of the relatives to kill the people who are LGBT. Yeah. If you find out. Yeah. So they'll detain and torture, but they'll yes. be like, "But we'll try not to kill you because we want your family to do it." Is that basically what it is? <laughs> basically, what they do uh, first, they get them, they put them in detention for like two weeks, three weeks, four weeks. Every day they get tortured. And after that, they release them to the family and they say mm-hmm. upon the release. Yeah. So it's now your responsibility. So some relatives, of course, will kill because it's a disgrace and they're afraid. Some re- some families left Chechnya along with the uh, LGBTQ relatives because yeah. they could not stand, but they're in danger. So basically, we have no slightest idea how many people since 
December 2016 got killed when the wow. first news broke down. But I believe it's over 100. Yeah. But mm-hmm. What news reported, it's not accurate, I believe. And so there's known examples of families killing their relatives? There are some testimonies from the people who got detained and who escaped and who witnessed that uh, people got released from the prison to the hands of their relatives. And after that, they never saw them again because Chechen community, especially LGBT, is very tiny and Mm -hmm. very small. They know each other. So it's like a small village. And of course, there's like a lot of rumors and a lot of people will say that we know for sure even it's not fathers or brothers did, but the uncles and cousins. Um, okay. So it's a very patriarchal society. Yeah. Um, just for some perspective for our listeners, where is Chechnya? What is Chechnya? You know what I mean? I feel like I feel like that's one of those countries that's like, uh, at least in America, you're like a little confused as to like even where it is. Chechnya is the North Caucasus in the south of Russia. So if you can imagine Russia, especially when you talk with Americans, they always knew Moscow's and uh, Moscow and St. Petersburg, but it in the south, close to the border of post-Soviet republics mm-hmm. like uh, Kazakhstan, Belarus. Yeah. So it's uh, not even in the middle of the country, but it's like uh, hinterlands and far away from the Moscow city. Okay. So, but it's it's south of. Russia. Yeah, and so they have a strong relationship with Russia, and the leader of Chechnya does. It's a part of Russia. Yeah, it's like a state. It's like a state. We, we yeah. don't call it states. We call it regions. Or okay. It's uh, it's a republic of Chechnya. It's because it's determined by ethnic uh, majority. Okay. But it's a part of Russian Federation. It is okay. So because I knew it was part of the Soviet Union, and then oh, of course no. But uh, Chechnya got captured in 19th century. Since then, they, it was a part of Russia. So they always been under Russian rule uh-huh. for the last 150 years, and uh, along the way, they always had some civil warriors fighting against Russia. Mm-hmm. So, But now it's a close allies because Ramzan Kadyrov personally is uh, a loyal watchdog of Putin. So Putin relies on Ramzan Kadyrov because Ramzan Kadyrov and his soldiers will do anything to protect Putin because yeah. Putin gives them money. Mm-hmm. And that's why the uh, investigation hasn't been launched and government, the Russian government covers up. Ramzan Kadyrov mm-hmm. and says that there is no any persecution. It's all Western media and it's like uh, hawks. Yeah, mm. fake news. Fake news. Yeah. 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 Uh, okay, that's uh, terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> so, beyond. but also like just to add real quick, p- part of the reason we're seeing this new purge emerge is because the international community failed to act. I mean, we the first heard, time, the first time yeah. we've heard reports since um, the beginning of 2017 that this purge um, started to happen then and it never stopped and we never got a full investigation from the international community. Mm -hmm. Um, The most we had was a report by the OSCE, which is this intergovernmental um, agency in Europe that's like for European security. Security Yeah. Um, And they they released a report that says um, probably 27 people got killed. Um, All these reports are credible, but it didn't even have on the ground research because they weren't allowed into the the country but that took until december of 2018 to come out um and mm-hmm. so what you're seeing is the international community kind of just like waving their fingers being mm-hmm. like no like don't do that 
but not actually taking any action. Yeah. Um, not actually like leveraging sanctions or, or doing anything that could potentially stop. We the just violence. lifted sanctions on Russia. Yeah, yeah. but the, but the problem is that international community is linked to Russia, and if we are talking about the United Nations, Russia gives a lot of money to the United Nations, and the United Nations shuts up when they go to the country like Russia because they get a lot of money from Russia. The same with the Council of Europe. Mm -hmm. And Russia does not care. Putin does not care about the international community. He just could do whatever he wants because uh, he just like dictator. Yeah. And he already left a lot of uh, organizations like Council of Europe, European Court. So that's why they are not anymore overseeing Russian situation. Okay. That's why they could shut down the borders and invite uh, American journalists or British journalists and say there is nothing left it's all fake news mm -hmm. that's why international community very slow because it's a money talk yeah that's it okay so the un is aware of the situation so the first time this happened mm -hmm. this was like the i mean it may not have been in the first time it happened but the first time we were made aware of it was in early 2017 mm -hmm. and then since then there was no actions carried out yeah so um there was a statement by the u.s state department um and then there was a statement by the un um but and then in June, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Moisha, mm -hmm. um, uh, several European uh, countries started accepting refugees. Yeah. Um, so there was some action there where they were like, you can come here and be safe. But the United States never let in refugees. Um, mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. yeah, there, there were a few things, but nothing to actually stop the violence or nothing to really get to the bottom of well, what happened. So when the attention came, did it seem like it stopped? And then, then when there was no. no repercussions, no, it didn't stop. It just it got less stop. attention. It just uh, that's a problem because the first news uh, we got in December 2016, uh, when some people escaped and they reported to some people, and the chain got to Novaya Gazeta in February. They uh, launched the investigation, the uh, journalist investigation, mm -hmm. and only in April the international community learned because somebody reposted the Novaya Gazeta's uh, article about honoring killing, and of course the whole international community uh, got excited about that and uh, yeah. they would uh, write about that but of course they thought they could press they could push the Chechen government and stop those uh, violent, uh, violent actions but what happens with Russia when something uh, like from the inside or from the outside they all of a the sudden they um, get aggravated with that and they uh, create the fake reports and they uh, all of them link together general attorney or whatever and of course when vice for example if you mm -hmm. saw that episode they got to chechnya and they got a tour to the, those allegedly concentration camps but you have to be smarter of course they will remove people and transfer them to another yeah. facility are you stupid yeah. yeah so and that's why people thought oh that's good we already checked there is no any uh, advice of violence did vice have that out like, did they did they think that, or they knew that people were being moved? I I still don't know what they thought, but uh, according to the episode, they thought that there is nothing because they showed them that it's empty barracks. Oh, that's silly. Mm -hmm. But we got testimonies because a Russian LGBT network released the first materials, testimonies of people who first escaped from Chechnya, mm -hmm. and we fought us attached. Yeah. So that was very disturbing. It was a continuation. So that's why. I don't know. I'm, I'm a little bit, you know, disappointed. But at the same time, I understand there is nothing much to do. And international community could press some charges like court, whatever. But it's not helpful. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting because, you know, Russia is in the news so much. Of course. Um, 
because of you know our fucking collusion yeah collusion (laughs) conspiracy what have you oh just to mention to our listeners this episode is pre-recorded it's coming uh we're recording on friday so i'm sure some crazy shit has been about to happen over the weekend and we're not going to talk about it because we just don't know what it happened yet we cannot predict yeah Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) i mean i wish i could um but uh so (sighs) russia and chechnya like chechnya is part of russia Mm -hmm. and in 2013, they passed that propaganda law. Mm-hmm. Basically, will you explain what that is? And do you think, like, do you think that it factors into like the people's their approach? Like, do this? I'm wondering. It's like, how do the citizens in Russia feel about this? You know what I mean? Like, are they aware? Um, yeah. Most of them, of course, not aware as usual. So they are not aware. They are not aware because they don't care. Okay. They don't care. And even Russian LGBT people, they will say either why sh- we should care about Chechen because they are terrorists. That same... Um, Which is propaganda? It's a propaganda because in the 90s it was civil war because Russia and Chechnya and the image of the bad Chechen person was created by the Russian mm-hmm. government. And that's why it sits in people's minds. And when in 2013 the propaganda law came out, it was propaganda of non-traditional values, which already, like I believe, led to some kind of permission to eliminate, annihilate LGBTQ people because I got persecuted by that law. And because we don't know exactly what law is about. So it's mm-hmm. a lot of speculations, but basically it's basically like a, a blanket statement to blankets, Oh, like all Russian justify. laws, it's very like empty laws. You can apply to anything. Yeah. So propaganda of non-traditional values, nobody explains what does it mean exactly, but it targets, first of all, people LGBTQ uh, priority and what i would say that uh the law says it's propaganda among minors mm-hmm. but it targets not people who work with minors yeah but who are visibly criticizing the russian government as myself or some people who got in 2013-14 that's why it's a kind of you know they build the whole matrix to persecute lgbtq people and now there is no stop you know, there is no any um, tool to prevent from. And Ramzan Kadyrov got the approval from the federal government from that law. So because now by law, we are described as disgrace, as uh, some kind of disease, as a sin, mm-hmm. whatever. So that it's easier to explain and apply the law. Yeah. So that are, there are a lot of... Well, on. it's also about establishing like an other, you yes, know. Yes, of course. So it's like goat. we yeah. need, yeah, we need someone to blame for the fact that you know our economy isn't doing very of well. Mm-hmm. Um, and <clears throat> I guess they just decided to choose. But because it was easiest target mm-hmm. since the fall of the Soviet Union and remove from the penal code of uh, sodomy law in 1993 was not so much years past, and that's why people still were like in limbo towards LGBTQ community, even though by the middle of uh, 2000, it was more tolerant society. Mm -hmm. But it was still easier to target and to persuade people because LGBTQ were having a lot of issues like molesting children or crimes, they're perverts. It was easier to persuade the Russian, of course, public. And uh, by 2013, it was a lot of uh, social, you know, divisions and political divisions and economical divisions and Putin needed some kind of for or mm-hmm. enemy as it used to be in the Soviet Union. Not, and of course he chose two enemies. Uh, internally it's LGBTQ and externally the United States. Yes. And it was linked perfectly. Mm-hmm. Perfectly. Because we're a progressive country. 
yeah. In terms of that. <laughs> in, in terms, terms of, of LGBT. Uh, so, some so. places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not, I mean, <laughs> in comparison. More so, sure, sure, sure. In, in the people's <laughs> minds, yes. yes. Why don't you think that, so... We we issue these sanctions on Russia, the United States, mm-hmm. and but we our reasoning is, uh, you know, the invasion and annexation of Crimea, mm-hmm. and you know Russians' actions in Syria and mm-hmm. their meddling in the 2016 election. Why don't you think that this is is why isn't this grouped in? Uh, in the sanctions? Yeah, like why isn't this why isn't this further justification? You know, do you have any idea? I mean, it is Trump's State Department. Yeah, so. but I mean, the sanctions were ish, like issued. During Obama, Obama. yeah, but uh, they included because Hillary Clinton actually, when she was Secretary of State before even the law was passed, she was urging about LGBTQ situation in post-Soviet countries and Russia as well, and that's why the asylum process was extended in uh, Mm, the United States. So they uh, included when the law was passed; it still was Obama's era, and they stated that they don't. Uh, agree with the Russian government and sanctions, not the big part, because the big part was like some crimes, other crimes. But they mentioned the propaganda law and persecution of queer people as well. Because yeah. Sochi Olympics, do not forget, after Anastasia Crimea, it was uh, Sochi Olympics and a lot of backlash towards queer people and a lot of communities around the world were criticizing uh, Russian government for that and urging to not go to the Sochi Olympics because of its anti-LGBTQ country. So yeah. it was, and but we have to understand politics is politics. So yeah, um, I want to ask you about your personal experience. Yeah, so Voices for actually started in response to the crisis in Chechnya in 2017, where a nonviolent direct action um, New York City-based activist group. Um, so our goal is to fight for queer liberation all around the world, and mm-hmm. the way that we do that is we partner with activists on the ground in some of these countries or um, that have firsthand experience, like our good friend Loisha. Mm-hmm. Um, and we work with them to do actions that will benefit those communities. So after Chechnya, we had a, a big march um, in October of 2017 and have done several actions since then, like a kissing in front of the mm-hmm. uh, Uzbekistan consulate or um, What a hot way to protest. It was, yeah. it was also, <laughs> it was also yeah. rain and it was also Valentine's Day. Yeah. Um, wow. and, and it also got me a date. So so, oh, there like, you go. Um, Lucky. All, all you should have kissings every week. I know we really should. Um, <laughs> but yeah, our, our our goal is to basically just um, fight for queer liberation. And we live in New York, and we mm-hmm. feel pretty pretty privileged yes. here. We're we're protected by um, a whole host of laws. We're able to live our lives openly and freely. Um, and we want to find ways that we can give people um, direct direct action that they can participate in um, and ways that they can um, benefit queer people all around the world. Our ideology is you mess with one queer, you mess with all of us. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's our obligation as queer people to um, help other queer people all around yeah. the world. Well, that's a Adam says that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, he says, "What is it? What is it? Queer people everywhere." Yeah, responsible, responsible for queer because it's a uh, old Jewish motto when it was mm-hmm. like a Nazi purges oh. and uh, Jewish people around the world responsible for Jewish people mm-hmm. who mm-hmm. is in crisis. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it is. Yeah, um, queer people don't have any borders. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, just some boundaries sometimes. Yeah, uh, not uh, the walls, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Losha, yeah. uh, you have some personal experience with this. Like, you're clearly uh, have an accent. <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> you're from Russia. So, can you tell me a little bit about your, uh, your experience and how you came to live in the United States? 
Yeah, oh, it's, I've been telling this story for a long <laughs> way, you know, but I've yeah. been in the United States for five years mm -hmm. and uh, I was a professor, queer professor, and not in Moscow, not St. Petersburg, and Perm, it's like in the middle of the country, in the Urals, very cold. So this you you were openly... Openly gay professor who launched the first queer studies in Russia. Okay. I got my PhD in 2009, defending uh, queer minority in that time and I was allowed to do so uh, in my region it was pro-liberal actually region but in 2013 I became deputy dean and it was a law already passed and I got back from Turkey from business trip and all of a sudden I was invited to talk to a security person it was like uh, FSB federal security services and they got me and they tried to recruit me to report on people at my faculty members and students who are communist uh, nationalists and homosexualists okay and he knew along the way because they've been collecting information about me since 2009 since I got my PhD and they knew where I was going and all of a sudden my apartment was under watch I got a lot of threats from uh, nationalists and some kind of right-wing idiots and I had to move and change my apartment uh, and hide almost myself and but the crucial point was in uh, March 2014 when the article came out that uh, I'm um, promoting sodomy at Perm State University mm -hmm. and it was um, the rector the head of the university got the article so it was a lot of going on and I was under threat and I wouldn't be driven by one of my friends um, drivers uh, in terms of security, but I've been doing a lot and, uh, you know, we had Center for Gender Studies we run, we had a lot of uh, activism, like underground activism, I was helping some people and minors, so it's clearly uh, I was targeted by yeah. and I didn't have any choice. I'm not mentioning a lot of, like, physical abuse, which I endured during the, my public, because I've been doing it since 2005. Yeah. So and so since 2005, yeah. you've been experiencing physical abuse as well. Well, even before, but since 2005 when I started doing queer studies. But yeah. I was beaten severely a couple of times. Half beaten of my severely? Face was paralyzed. Yeah. And I'm sorry, what did you say? Half of my face was paralyzed oh, when fuck. I was uh, in the second year of college. But the that was my first encounter with the police. And police told me basically, we're not going to take care of that because you're a pervert and you have to blame yourself. And they officially refused and they even put in the uh, statement that I was drunk and it was some kind of drunk fight, but it was literally homophobic attack. And after that, I decided I never would approach police anymore. Yeah. And after that, I, I already was a professor and I got beaten up and I have six, six stitches on my uh, chin. So it's a lot. Mm -hmm. It's a lot. And, you know, it was very underground culture, even though the Perm city, uh, it's very industrial mm -hmm. it's like one million people population but it's still a little bit you know rural in terms of mindset uh but we were, were lucky enough to have at least underground it's not like in new york you go and this eagle club cock club yeah. whatever <laughs> you know there Talk, was yeah. literally dining room at college which was rent in during the weekend for the gay disco. <laughs> so I was socializing when I was 17 in this underground culture with a lot of violence from the police, with a lot of violence from uh, nationalists and uh, right-wing groups. Yeah. So that's why, of course, I didn't have any, any choice because otherwise I will be persecuted or will be fired and I never will be able to get back to academia. So I didn't have any choice, but I couldn't say to anything to yeah. anyone, anything, and I had to wait until my vacation started yeah. and I took off. Yeah, well, I'm sure they were extra fearful because you are an educator and we're an educated person. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I feel yeah. like 
uh, totalitarian governments don't part like they, they, they don't they oh, don't like I, i'm political scholar yeah i'm political I mean, scientist that's another layer to that you know yeah. because political science is not appreciated by the government yeah. at all yeah but i was critical to the government i yeah. published a lot you know mm-hmm. that's and i was in the different like public yeah spotlight and, so yeah and so you knew you were going on vacation and you so you just left and didn't come back so yes i just got my paycheck for the vacation i got my suitcase and i left and thanks god i had an open visa because i came to the united states as a tourist in 2013 Mm -hmm. if i didn't have i never will be able to escape because i'm i was under watch and they could not react uh, fastly because i got here in august i resigned from here and that started the avalanche the security mm-hmm. services came to my department the police came and told that i'm national betrayer and a couple of my friends got interrogated by the security services mm-hmm. my uh, department people and all of them broke connections with me and i understand i don't blame them yeah. because you know and that have fam family and yeah. my mom is there but m- my mom in d- a small town in the same region but she's 65 she doesn't give a shit about anything she <laughs> was she was educated she's intellectual she's yeah. a historian teacher and she understands perfectly what's going on uh, even though we cannot ex- you know discuss some things yeah but you know b- uh, a couple of my friends got uh into this trap of occupy pedophilia movement mm-hmm. which is like m- maybe you're familiar with it's like occupy pedophilia. occupy pedophilia so it's a kind of social network uh throughout the country and different countries as well so launched by neo-nazis so they hunt literally hunt gay people mm-hmm. they uh go to the so- social media they um send some minor under 16 who introduced himself like over 18 they launch they like set up the meeting date and that person unaware gets to the point he is surrounded by the, by a lot of people who is like recording him and humiliating in front of the camera forcing to pee, uh, to uh, drink a pee or beat them and they blackmail afterwards so a couple of my friends from colleges like teacher colleges they got into this trap and they were blackmailed and it's and it's police deal so it's the, the police pol- are doing it's a police this. who is overseeing yeah that's that's incredible and i i cannot imagine what's going on in china personally because i'm not from there but when i talk to people because a lot of people are not aware even what is going on with uh, ourselves or queer community some of them very protected they have money and mm-hmm. they can cover the asses and they support the law yeah. So that's, you know, that's a lot of things, but thanks God I'm here and, you know, yeah. And, but not all of us could have escaped. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. So what would, what would happen if you went home? I could not. And I cannot, if I, because I'm on the blacklist. You wouldn't, you wouldn't, if you try to get on a flight to Russia, you wouldn't be able to go. Mm-mm. Oh, believe me, the, uh, the best case scenario, I will be like, I don't know what I will be. will be put in jail. Uh, in the worst case scenario, I will be killed. Yeah. So that's no other scenarios, unfortunately. Well, how's life now? <laughs> <laughs> life is not... So life is good, but yeah. at the same time, you know, when you live outside the United States and you picture in the United States the land of abundance and you believe in the beautiful, picturesque, you know, mm-hmm. landscape, but you get to the United States and you start living here and all of a sudden you realize, hmm, very questionable. Yeah. <laughs> because the I even being educated and being taught American history, you know, and LGBTQ movements, I, I was so shocked to see how the nation is divided, mm-hmm. how this homophobia, transphobia exists 
here on the land. How in 2016 he got elected? I have no explanation. And what I've come up with that Russians and Americans not so far away different. Yeah. In terms of propaganda, you have more propagandistic tools, media, of course, but it's still propaganda. Yeah. It's still brainwashing, especially in outside of New York. Mm -hmm. New York is a solid ball. It's all everybody is happy, yeah. <laughs> happily ever after. But even in New York, uh, we have a lot of issues with our Russian-speaking compatriots. So, oh yeah, really? Oh uh, yeah, we mm -hmm. have a lot of violence there. It's, uh, that's why we fight in them, and we have in our own pride. So well, in Brighton Beach, right? Yeah, you yes. started. Uh, it's gonna be the third one. The third one. It's this my year? child. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Because there's a very big Russian community. Oh, mm -hmm. in Beach. ninety percent of Brighton Beach is like a Soviet escapades. Oh, yeah. some people who come. Yeah. From uh, different countries recently. So yeah, it's it's a lot. Well, and there it, was that. That's just like right off the queue. Yeah. Like well, yeah. There was a, I think it was the Daily Show or something. They did some field piece where, because after like the justification for the annexation of Crimea is because they spoke Russian, mm -hmm. it'd be like, what would, like, wouldn't it be funny if they tried to do that there? It wouldn't be funny, obviously, but of like, course. it's basically a, a dumb justification, is what mm -hmm. I'm saying. Uh, so, what can our listeners do to learn more, to get involved, and help? If I mean, because I'm, I think the majority of them are in the United States. Yeah. So, yeah, I would say in terms of the crisis in Chechnya, what we can do right now is to donate to the Russian LGBT network who is rescuing those people and literally uh, risk risking their lives and rescuing those people every single day, trying to get them out of Chechnya and of the Russia. And they need financial help because nobody will help them and they have to sponsor those people. And of course, be mindful because Chechnya, yes, it's far away. It's somewhere in the deepest holes of Russia. But at the same time, you have to be mindful that today is Chechnya, tomorrow may be you. Yeah. So mm -hmm. we have to be very aware that we are not safe in this global climate. That's mm -hmm. why I commemorate them share those news or uh, engage your friends whatever to donate to the russian lgbt network mm -hmm. it's what we at least could do yeah and you can also follow voices for um mm -hmm. so voices for is actually currently doing a campaign where we're collecting funds for the russian lgbt network so if you just open up venmo and venmo voices for dash um then all that money will be directly transferred to the russian lgbt network um so that's a quick easy way to get involved mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um but yeah follow follow voices for um we're constantly planning actions with our good friends at Russia lgbt um in new york and also all around um the country and trying to give people a way to be directly involved that's exactly our purpose so we're a great great source of news um and then also action yeah mm -hmm. absolutely yeah follow well. Russia lgbt as well yeah. we have a lot of different political pro we have very non-commercial organization mm -hmm. we are fighting a lot of injustice across yeah. the board the other thing and i think this is probably going to take maybe a more coordinated effort um but we can also start leveraging um our members of congress as well um yes. we call your senators call, call yeah. your senators but even actually call um call your congress people because yeah. um don't call we, your ex call your senator yeah exactly uh because now the Democrats have control of the House, we could actually demand that the State Department answer questions but around uh, actions. But yesterday, actually, they issued the statement. They did, but... That's very interesting. They never did it. 
they did but they yeah they did issue the statement but like what's, yeah what's the statement yes. gonna do you know like they have more tools that they could be leveraging and, yes. and we could be leaning on our congress people to be pushing the state department to do more to open um, the borders to open the borders and ex- accept refugees like that could be a bill mm-hmm. in the house yeah. of representatives and like if they pass that like what's going to happen is the senate really going to vote down turning down lgbtq mm-hmm. refugees like let's yeah. have that fight yeah. um so there's there's a lot of things that we could be doing here in the states um so yeah yeah great be uh, active yeah exactly so where can our so follow voices for yep um follow Roots LGBT. LGBT. Mm-hmm. um where can our listeners follow you guys they want to check you out and see what you look like or uh, <laughs> anything uh i'm just wyatt harms yeah. um i think it's actually wyatt underscore harms on instagram and then it's figure wyatt it out people you'll harms, get it um at twitter so there's there no consistency go. there but like google my name might like there's yeah, like you can google my name yeah. as well i have it. so but in, on instagram i'm lyosha underscore gorshkov yeah my name. yeah does great um videos where he dresses up as a russian grandmother babushka, babushka. <laughs> babushka. yeah oh that's amazing um, so highly entertaining yeah. would recommend yeah thank you um i know i'm wrapping up but i did want to ask you one question that's not like super it is related but I don't just don't get to speak to many Russian people. Um, oh, good for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just curious how you just see what's happening here. Like, what what is it like? Like this past week, like you know, we had the the report. You know, Trump fired. Trump has been under investigation mm-hmm. since he fired Comey, and then the mm-hmm. next day came that he was mm-hmm. uh, hiding his translator's notes and like confiscating yeah. that, and then he wants to pull out of NATO, and now mm-hmm. this whole Moscow Tower deal with Michael Cohen and him telling the lie to Congress. What is that like to see? Like, what is your perception like of our perception of Russia and Putin? And oh, the Americans' perception of Russia is very like narrow. Yeah. So we can. Where is that? The first question. Oh, it's the cold in winter time. Oh, the vodka and bears. But mind, for example, Chechnya in very south, it's mm-hmm. never snowy. Mm-hmm. So and sometimes it's very ridiculous because we watched all of those Hollywood movies with this idiotic accent. So I yeah. don't have the typical Russian accent, mm-hmm. though. You know, but we can distinguish some people, of course. Yeah. Well, just like how we have southern and like Long Island yeah. accents. Like. Yeah. But you know, we had the long history of the Cold War, mm-hmm. so it's still th- those pre- uh, preconceptions still alive. Yeah. So and I followed the news, of course, but for me personally being uh insider there and being insider right now there i'm concerned a lot mm-hmm. but it's still not russia yeah. you still have a lot of tools but you don't know how to use those tools because in russia you don't have any option so you're like buried alive there but Americans here are very dramatic, melodramatic, drama queens <laughs> oh it's happened oh let's oh, oh 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 heart attack but for us we're like really <laughs> and we know that we I appreciate the United States because it's still the law even though mm. it's a lot of like messed up right now but you still can protest you still can uh, pick up something you, I don't know but you can use but you have to be you have to stop being lazy mm. and that's what I see in millennials actually mm-hmm. the whole new generation of protesters more conservative oh. than your parents though you're more conservative. We're more conservative than our parents. Conservative. I disagree. What? You're more conservative in terms because your parents were like hippies, you know, 60s and 70s. It's oh my God, liberation. Like 2% of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> talk but to you like... Come meet my fans. We'll, yeah. we'll talk. <laughs> but, I know. I'm, not, not, I'm not saying conservative in terms of values, but some mm-hmm. kind of approach of life, you mm-hmm. know? But yeah. you're so activated right now, aggravated by the politics, which is very important. So your indifference to the politics 
finally left up and you just doing your thing and that's amazing because i always as a grand babushka i always <laughs> will say oh young generation what could you do but then i see a lot of people who come out to the actions and i really see the hope because in russia i don't see yeah that's what you have to understand that you have so your privilege in some point yeah so and especially but you have to acknowledge and you have to look around and see there are a lot of people left out uh-huh. and the queer community is so divided so we cannot stop uh, activ- uh, activism after same-sex marriage yeah. because there are a lot of other issues yeah mm-hmm. so that's why we have to be more uh, mindful and uh, listening to each other yeah mm-hmm. well Thank you both so much for coming in. Thank, Thank you so you. much for having us. Yeah. yeah. Um, so follow Voices for donate. Do do your civic money, thing. money, money. Yeah, that's what it's all about. <laughs> yes. Um, Ariana Grande's new song came out, and that's basically what she says. It's the impeachment song. Yeah. <laughs> oh really? Uh, I'm we'll old. see. We'll see. We'll see. I, yeah. <laughs> I right. just recently learned who is Ellen Page. You know. Like, oh really? Oh. Mm-hmm. She's a lesbian. Yeah, we love that. No, of co- I understand because she subscribed for my Twitter, but I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you got that WeChat and that money. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, until the end of democracy, I'm Brian Russell Smith, and this has been the Betches Up Podcast. Betches.